And we... <clears throat> So um, today, um, I hope you guys like today's episode. We have a special guest. Her name is Rita Madden Esquire. She's an attorney. She specializes in a lot of things. And I hope you guys can learn some things from her today. I think we had a great interview with her. Um, yeah. I just love when people um, know what they're talking about. <laughs> Nothing better than it. Yeah. So what's you got going I, on, Drake? I agree. Alicia is like one of the people that is like a fact checker. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> Facts need to be on one hundred and one percent because she finna she finna call you out on it. No, not like not with Rita. I mean, I'm just saying in general. I'm not talking about with her. I do, you know. I question it. Like when I even I see stuff on. That's good. I think that as a culture, we have grown. Like most majority of the people have, like especially when it comes to online stuff, we have just really become people that just like clickbait, skim it, and keep going. First of all. Let me just say that the number one company for headlines is Bossa. Bossa with these head, they headlines be hitting. Ain't nobody saying them on the reads. Yeah, they be. I'm like, come guzzling smithereens. I'm like, dang. So today was day three of the of the state being back open. I really haven't noticed anything different. I haven't gone anywhere. I have driven. Dang, I haven't really seen anything. Have you seen? Traffic is pretty much the same. Um, I've just been seeing stuff online. Like, um, the parks, of course, are still busy and thick. Nail salons are full. Every chair full in the nail salon. People get mad because the line is long for the nail salon. I'm like, what did you think? Yeah, well, um, see, from my understanding, a lot of nail salons were doing appointment only, so that's what they should have been doing, so people don't have to be in line. So if I'm growing my own onions right now, I'm going to grow some cauliflower, some romaine okay. lettuce. So, are you growing... So, here's the thing. I want to... I actually was thinking about that today, actually. So, mm-hmm. are you growing it on a patio, or are you growing it in the ground? No, on a patio. So I was growing my spinach on a patio. Unfortunately, when I moved, though, I had the plant inside for too long and it died. And it was so beautiful. Oh, my God. I didn't even get to harvest. But I'm putting it on the patio. I would. I don't really have any yard. To, like, I don't think I have the right to do that with the HOA. But it's easy to just put in the pot. And so the the, um, the racking system that I'm getting I, it has a cover to where it gets enough sunlight and it won't get damaged by too much heavy rain. So I could just kind of control what goes with it. So I'm going to have everything. I'm going oregano. I'm going to start growing. Oh, I want to see. Because I want to grow my own stuff too. It's actually really easy. So like cauliflower, lettuce, and onions, all you need is the, the head that comes on it when you buy it from the store. And like for me, I put the onions, I'll show you a picture, but with the onions, I just put it in a jar. I, um, I used up some jelly. I washed the jar out and then I put it in there. I'll show you this picture. So that's, oh, okay. What, so wait, where did you get that root from? From when I bought it from the store. I just bought it because I needed it for a recipe. And I don't, but whenever I buy onions like that, I always, some of it always die because I don't get to use all of it. So I'm like, let me just grow it myself so I don't waste no money. Mm-hmm. Anything quarantine has taught me is to grow your own shit, okay? <laughs> yeah, or DIY everything, right? For real, for real. Yeah. So we got a shop talk. Yes, you, you go first. You know what's so funny? I really don't have a lot to share. Um, I do, and I hope I don't sound foolish, but I'm kind of getting tired of Azriel Cleary. And that's one of the girls who was um one of R. Kelly's victims. What about Azriel? I just don't. She's starting to get on my nerve. I just, you know what, this is the thing. She's been getting on my nerve. She was funny to me, though, but she's been getting on my nerve. I just, I know that her mind isn't necessarily right because of the stuff she's been through, but I, I don't know if I like how she's going about this whole, I don't know what I expect from her, but I don't, 
I don't, what I'm seeing for her, it seems a little bit more self-serving than like self-benefiting. Am I, does that make sense? It's like, all this like, oh, I'm rapping. Oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing it. And it's okay to do that, obviously. But I just don't, something about it is not serious to me. And I don't know. I don't like it. Um, yeah, I, I think that she has a mental issue. Yeah, but I don't, don't, don't want to, I don't never like to speak on it too much. But I do think that it'd be so funny. Like her singing videos. And she can sing, but the videos don't be good. I just want her to get the help she deserves because I don't think that I don't. I just don't. I don't even know what I can say. And that's why I say I feel kind of bad saying that she's getting on my nerves. But I don't. I want to see her in a healthy situation, and I don't know if she's getting that. How you feel about these about these guys getting um, haircuts from their wives and kids? I think that's kind of cool. I this is my thing. This has always been my motto. If somebody can do it, so can I. If somebody had to learn how to do it, so can I. I learned, and I can't do everything myself. I know how to wash my hair, braid my hair, you know, straighten it out and all that. But, and once I learn how to do that, I stopped going to the salon. Now, when I want a certain look and a certain amount of longevity, I will go to a salon, but there is no reason I can't do what they're doing. Just like when I mentioned, like, doing my own pedicures, I, um, you know, I just, it's just some stuff I feel like, I think that's cool. I actually offered to um, line up my boyfriend's hair, and he just gave me a hard no. So maybe it's just not for everybody. <laughs> um, I definitely uh, consider, I go back and forth with um, doing my own haircut, my own fade. Um, I just want to make sure that the barbershops are open when I do feel like th- that it's time for me to test it out just in case I fuck some shit up. Yeah, fade is a little different now. Line up, okay. Well, because I, I watch a lot of hair tutorials anyway, and then I think that for me, I think I have an upper hand just because I'm good at blending. Now, the only thing about it, I'm not familiar with, like, the guards that go on it. <laughs> Yeah, that's a it's so, like a science. That's something that you gotta learn though. It's just gotta I don't think you could just get some clippers and be like today I'm gonna yeah, yeah. No, for sure. But I I will just continue to look like this until I'm able to sit in a barber chair when Keisha lands bottoms. Honestly, though for real, I might break quarantine and get a haircut for my birthday if we still heavily locked down like this. Which I'm pretty sure we are. I don't think I don't think Georgia will be. Because you think Kemp just going to backslide and be like, all right, back to lockdown? He probably would. Honestly, the cases get that bad. My thing is, I feel like I don't really have a problem with things being open with limitations. I just think that if that was the case, we should have did this in the beginning. And on top of that, they should have been... Like, remember when Janae... Um, well, Janae was talking about how in, North, in South Korea, they were not really closing things, but they were taking temperatures. They were tracing people's paths if they had the virus where they got it from so they could isolate it. But here, they're just like, all right, just stay in the house. So now we don't know how people got it, who who they were around. And now you want us to go out and slowly reopen back up. But I think that it's just backwards. We should have been did this. Yeah. Um, I don't know what we should have did to be honest, because I'm scared. Like I'm I feel like the same way. Like we was in the house. Okay, I get it. We gotta I think that them putting us in the house obviously was trying to help them help us get rid of it by quarantine but people aren't quarantined the right way and i think partially partially the reason of that is because of the limitations of what the businesses they have um that they left open like i personally don't consider um a lot of the stuff that they left open essential but that's not my business and it's not me they kind of left it up to the business owner to determine if they're essential yeah but i just feel like if anything we should have left the we should have left gas stations because people do still have to work. So they have to get down to travel. So I think that gas stations and grocery stores and pharmacies and like, you know, like drug stores and stuff. Other than that, it shouldn't have been open. 
Yeah, and that's I just agree. me. Only Some because states it, were doing that, and Georgia was just like, eh, yeah, like know. I don't understand what the purpose of like. I mean, I understand maybe liquor stores, whatever, but I don't understand the re- the restaurants, and I understand everybody don't have the space to cook, but it's ways around it at the grocery store. I just feel like we, uh, we just got lazy. Yeah, people I feel like, and it's just too much. Like I, I don't know, we don't have like too rules. much privilege. Yeah, people don't like rules, and we have too much privilege during this time. And I feel like if if those were the only things that were open, we would be probably in a better situation. But since we had too much leeway, like they were telling us the parks were open, this and this and that, like we didn't have we didn't have extra strict rules for that. Then they were implementing like curfews that they weren't using. Nope. Like ever. They just said it out their mouth and then nobody was getting penalized for doing it and all this other stuff. Meanwhile, Canada, if you break quarantine or uh break the curfew, they charging you like I think the fine was like twenty seven hundred dollars. I think it's fair. You're absolutely right. I you're right. I think they weren't strict enough and people don't like being told what to do. That's America for well, you. If that's the case, you should have stay outside. Yeah, but I do think that right. the people who have stayed at home have helped lessen the spread, but it yeah. doesn't really ma- it doesn't really help a lot when people are out there just doing what they want to do and not caring. So, and yeah. I even saw a video today. Somebody there was a picture of a bunch of people at Piedmont. And somebody said it was somebody in that video that had just beat coronavirus and they were out there. So, and I'm gonna send you the exact video. <laughs> I seen it. I seen the okay, video. Saw it. I just yeah. didn't know what who the person was. They said the person had openly talked about having coronavirus and now they're back yeah. out in public without. <laughs> Any video in the bed, mind you. We know him because he's a, he, and I don't mean to put his business out there, but he did it. Um, but he's a well-known promoter in the LGBT Black LGBT community. He promotes like parties and clubs, mm. so he has like nights at certain clubs or whatever. But he's like well-known. So the fact that you put that on social media and you just you know got out of the hospital not even a full week ago and you outside. Yeah, and you know, they haven't proven on whether or not people can get it or not if they've already had it. So we don't know. He could get it again, and it might not be as, as positive as, as an outcome. Anywho, can we change yeah. the subject? This shit going to irritate the fuck out of me. I'm sorry. I'm just People just are irresponsible. And I understand, I understand a lot of people don't care about dying or they don't care about life or whatever, which is understandable, but I ain't one of them people. Yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy my life. Way. As long as I'm going to be on this earth... I want to at least attempt to be as safe as possible, um, as comfortable as possible. Like, I don't want, I don't, you, you never know what, child. Yeah, it's okay. I understand. I, uh, I don't really have anything else for shout out. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I'm looking forward to the John P. Key versus Hezekiah Walker um, song off tonight. I'm ready for God to come through and take over in my ministry. Okay. <laughs> I might have to tune in to that. Um, grateful, 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 grateful. This year celebrates the 25th year anniversary of the movie Friday. Girl, we all... 25? 25 years. So this is just close to the hour ago. Um, no, by way of, we was five years old when the movie came out. I remember it, too. No, I'm 31. Okay, you was... Six. Six. Okay, what? I was this many. Dang, that's crazy. I was in kindergarten. Yes, girl. Yes, we were in kindergarten. 
I was at Conley Hills Elementary School. I was at Ragsdale, baby, over there on the west side. So today we have a special guest. Um, we actually kind of, I don't know, what. how do we say, we, do we, we didn't grow up together, but we kind of like known each other for our, at least me and Draco definitely knew you all of our adult life. <laughs> our, our work life. We weren't even adults. We was no, I know. Well, see, that's what I'm saying, because I was, what, 17? Yeah, no, so, we were 16. No, you were 16. I was 17 when I got hired. I got hired after my 17th birthday. So anyway. Well, still in high school though, right? Yeah, we were still in high school. Okay. So me, Dra- me and Draco met Rita when we were working at this this park. Well, I get, can we, do you care what we say? I don't care. Okay, so we all used to work at Six Flags together. And I love, whenever I'm, whenever I'm with Rita or if I see her somewhere, I always tell people that she fired me for my first job. <laughs> because it wasn't she, me though. You know, I was it, just a messenger. She was the messenger. That I lost my job working at Six Flags for nothing. Okay. I was so hurt about that, but you know, and it was so. I was like, "Dang, and it's really that's got to tell me." And I know, I knew you rock with me, and I knew it wasn't personal. But I was like, "Dang, it couldn't be." That was the one part of that job that I hated was that was like firing people because it's just like this is stupid. Most of the time, it was something stupid. Yeah, oh, like, definitely was. teenagers. Like, what the hell y'all expect? But to be totally honest, I still don't know why I got fired. But we ain't, ain't even about that. <laughs> I don't let that go. But I really was ready to fire. Right, we came a long way from ESO. Okay. Yes. Listen, yes. we just have fun. <laughs> so, so from there, obviously we all moved. You actually had a big, big grown-up folks job at that time. And you weren't even out of school yet. Who me? Yeah. I mean, yeah. What? I think because so yeah, I was at Georgia Southern because I moved to the. So I started off in Rise when I was sixteen, but then as soon as I turned eighteen, somebody was like, "Oh, you work in the office." So I think my supervisor was pissing me off. So when the next season came around, I was like, "I'm gonna apply to work in human resources." I don't know what that is, but I know what's inside. So they actually made me like a trainer. And so I was like seven, no, 18, but I was still in high school because my birthday early. So I was still a senior in high school and I was training like new hires. Mm-hmm. And then it just, I mean, it was easy money, easy work. So when I went off to college, Georgia Southern, I would come home on the weekends, work the summertime. And then when I went to law school, I still kept just working and yeah. Let me tell you, getting a job that easy in HR is kind of fire because people really have a hard time getting into that area. Yeah. And so I have like 10 years HR experience. Like that's crazy. That's real yeah. experience though. So it's like mm-hmm. I just would when I was working at six, I just looked at ESO as like everybody in here must have got a degree to do this. Like it's like mm-hmm. top dog, mm-hmm. but now yeah. now but you know, know what's so crazy though? I'm uh, never mind. I, I probably can't talk about that on, but put it in the little chat over. <laughs> oh. oh, I could put it in there. But um, yeah, so I'll be running to him all the time. And I'm like, I can't even believe that you were somebody. Yeah, no, I just got, oh, oh, yes, yes. I still be saying him, too. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I was like his supervisor. That was my little boo. But uh, let people know, like, what you do, where you from. I guess your name, because I ain't really, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yes. So, yes, I'm Rita. I was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. I was born in Piedmont Hospital. My mama had insurance. Piedmont! Yeah. So my older brother was born in Grady and he almost died. So uh, my mama learned her lesson. So <laughs> me and my little brother were born at Piedmont. Okay. So, um, but parents, you go to Georgia Baptist? No. <laughs> so my parents are actually immigrated to Atlanta from Africa, from Ghana, like two years oh. before I was born. So yeah. So a lot of what stuff you know it's just people telling them to go here go there yeah yeah, that makes sense so i was born and raised in atlanta um i am currently i'm an attorney i've been a practicing attorney for 10 years let me see i had googled you let me tell i'll tell you how long it's been 
Uh, oh shit. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about Alicia. Since 2009, that was your year of admission from um university yes, from the state bars. So yeah, so I graduated law school 2008, but I became a licensed attorney in 2009, and so I've been practicing since then. Um, my first job was working at like a small law firm doing divorce, wills, all kinds of pretty much everything. Um, but That's they not like HR. Yeah, it was very, yeah, yeah. And so they weren't paying me enough. And then I got pregnant. And I was like, mm, this ain't gonna cut it. So luckily, I applied for a job with Fulton County government and happened to get it. And so I've been doing that ever since. So initially, my first position was, um, it's called a dependency attorney. So basically kids that are in defects custody, their parents, I used to represent them to try to get their kids back. Mm. Um, and you know obviously it's for a variety of reasons drugs homelessness mental health so you know my job would be to advocate for the parents to help them get their lives together so that they could get their children back with them so I did that for seven years up until last March um I just needed a change of scenery because that was draining I can imagine yeah just dealing with it every you know and I wouldn't really bring it home it'd be a couple cases where you'd be like dang, this is sad, but it was yeah. just, you know, it was the same type of cases, drugs, mental health, homeless, like just this, it'd be different. The facts would be different, but it'd be pretty much be the same type Thanks of situations. Yeah. So, um, a job with, so I work at a juvenile courthouse. Um, so I've been with Fulton County. And so a job came open to be a special education attorney. So I applied for that and I got that job. So that's what I do now is I represent children who have special education in schools to make sure that the schools are following the law there's lots of, I didn't even know it till I started doing it. There are lots of federal laws about if you have ADHD, what the school must do to accommodate you, or if you take oh, wow. tests slowly, things that they have to do to, you know, give you extra time and give you breaks. Like, so there's lots of laws that schools are supposed to follow that unfortunately they do not. And like, so I didn't even uh, know that was a thing. And maybe because I'm not special needs, but yeah. I need a little extra time on my ITBS test. So, yeah, I mean, and it's stuff like that. Like, it could be, you could have an emotional learning disability, you know, like, it's all kinds of stuff. But so if you qualify for it, then you're in special education, and then they have to follow the law. So, and it's so sad, unfortunately, with our APS and Fulton County schools, nine times out of 10, they ain't doing what they're supposed to do. So my job is to come in there and basically strong arm them and force them to follow the law really now who brings those type of cases to your attention is it the parent so it's through juvenile court so it's any child that's connected already with the court so if the child is in defects custody and they have an open case or if the child has a delinquent open case um for something and then they discover that they're having educational issues then the judge will appoint me to the case so it's only kids that already have some sort of involvement with the courthouse I never think about stuff being that deep when it comes to um, kids in school because mm-hmm. I always wonder, like, how do you determine if somebody is, you know, should they go to a different class or whatever? But I don't so, yeah. know how it happens. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was something that, like, the parent would be like, okay, they need to blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, usually, think about the kids we went to what it is, the parent will. And sometimes they probably needed it, but if they didn't have that parent that, because a lot of times it's the parent that's like, my child ain't picking up or, you know, I know they're smart, but it's not reflecting. So they'll ask the, ch- the school to evaluate them. 
And a lot of times, them schools, because it's all money, so them schools be like, mm, no, they fine, little Johnny okay. So That's sad. Usually, if they get an attorney to say, nope, this child need an evaluation, then it'll happen. But most of the time, if the parent don't bring it up, or you have a good teacher that'll notice it and say this child need to be evaluated, a lot of them kids slip under the crack. And, and these are kids yeah. who are already connected to the court, so think about the ones who not, and they just out there struggling, and you yeah. think they have behavior disorders, no. but it's really deeper than that. It is, yep. And like these kids, so even, so if you have special education, like they can't be suspending you all the time. They can't just be putting you out to class, like all that stuff. But if you don't have special education, the schools can pretty much do whatever they want with you. Really? And a lot of them kids end up just graduating because they get socially promoted to the next grade and the next grade. And then you got to think these, these folks out here in the streets, chilling. <laughs> like, that makes sense. You would never know. But that makes sense. Did you see the video that was going around a few, I think last week of the lady from Alabama who was in court and she was basically advocating for like, um, I don't know if she, I don't know what was going, what was the scenario behind it, but I just know that she was talking about um, <clears throat> representing like, the kids who were having issues at home as far as um getting being raped and all type of oh. stuff happening and then Yeah, it was a white was, lady, right? Yeah, you saw yeah. it. No, I did not see that. And she so said, um yeah, oh, yeah, she went out. She was just basically saying that she was going to she felt as if um the system was overlooking black and brown kids in those situations and mm. she said that anytime they were having behavior issues, they would put them out in the hallway or just suspend them like you were saying mm -hmm. instead of actually figuring out what was going on with them. And she was just saying how she wasn't going to give up on them. And she was going to make it her point to help save those kids. Who is that? I think about teachers that at least in my, um, in the schools I went to, there were teachers who cared about us, but there were more teachers who didn't care than did. So it's almost like those teachers who cared, they kind of like, you know what, what's the point? Cause ain't nobody listen to me. They probably or think I'll take my job they too care seriously. And they administer like, like the care. And it's like, what can they do? They afraid they might lose their job if they speak up or, yeah, it's real. And I didn't realize till I started doing this work how, I mean, we know the education system is messed up, but I didn't realize how bad it was. It's just like, damn, y'all just be intentionally breaking the law. Like, and these are kids. Like, you wouldn't want nobody doing this to your kid. Why would you do yeah. this to somebody else? But, you know, they feel like that's not my problem. That's their mm -hmm. problem. I saw a comment from this. I saw, so somebody made a um a TikTok about, how kids are going to be when they go back to school basically saying they can't spell they can't read and this girl was like i don't get paid to teach them i'm like you don't get paid to be a parent oh the parent was saying that yeah, yeah oh, saying she's not saying she's not teaching her kid because she don't get paid to do that i'm like this is yeah, no. disgusting. when you um when you was working in a dis dependency court how mm -hmm. did you like keep from taking that stuff on? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like my mind will be fried every day dealing with that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think, cause I, I was actually, so I was pregnant when I got the job and started the job and then I had Marley. And so, you know, once I, cause when I, you know, they had to train me. So I didn't really get into it, into it until actually I, I had a baby. So I thought I would feel like, you know, dang, I actually have a child and I see people being kids, raping kids, but I don't know. I was really just able to, I guess, because I knew I was going home to my baby at night. <laughs> that, yeah, you know, I knew you knew you were supposed to be doing. She was safe, so I wouldn't take it. But there were a couple of cases where, like, it was one, this lady beat her child. She was, like, four, and then put her in a hot bathtub. So the baby had, like, boy, I mean... That was one of them cases where, like, I went home, and I was just like... And you have to, you have to, like, defend her. Yeah. So a lot of times my defense isn't this baby need to go to mama is okay. We need to keep the baby in the family. Let her go to grandmama, let her go to auntie mm. and not these strange white foster parents. that just want some 
cute black baby yeah a lot of the times it might not be like okay let the baby go home but just keep the baby within the family so but she actually ended up getting that baby back like she did parenting classes and went through a lot of counseling herself because you know through it all she realized that she had a whole bunch of trauma from her childhood and it was yeah it was it was that's usually where it starts though because i think Mm -hmm. that we and as a black community have normalized that type of stuff as far as kids and um you know like oh i'm a blah 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 and so um even and i think that amongst us like when we say stuff like that to each other it ain't really a shock not as far as how they went but just in general, like, oh, I want my child because blah, blah, blah. But even me watching um, the episode when of Kardashians when, what's called it, say he was going to uh, be a kid him. and they flipped out. They flipped. I was just like, you know, he he he, he knew what was going on because he's from Atlanta, so he knows what's going on. He's like, bad as hell. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, you can't just beat on the damn... Uh, the nanny or whoever. The nanny, you can't just bite her. And, right, and what else is going to work? And they look, they were talking about it like it was funny. So he was like, if she said that to me, I would have beat And they were, they were, they were, hurt. they were appalled. They were like, <laughs> hurt. Like, I watched that clip the other day just on Instagram and Courtney was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so what do you think is going to fix it? I'm trying to understand, like, you think they're going to grow out of this? They're just going to be grown bread. Listen, they're going to they gonna let them grow up like that. And then they're going to end up having to put them in some type of therapy. That's how your kids grow up and be doing some weird mm-hmm. shit. But no shade, but no, you're right. And look, mind you, Courtney said that raising her kids is her job, and we can see why. <laughs> we can see why. I just, I don't know. I don't want to say I don't believe in spankings now. Um, it's a level, though. It's a level to it. I just, I do believe in extra discipline in your child. Yeah, right? absolutely. Your child, your child yeah. don't need you need you need to make sure they understand that that ain't it. And if if you can't understand from me, we are gonna get you some help now. Let's get this situated yeah. now. That's what, that's what my sister did. <laughs> My sister put my niece in therapy when she was in seventh grade because she was having wow. terrible, like, middle child syndrome. That's what I was calling it because she used to just de- be destructive. And- but at least she was smart enough to say, you know what? I'm not going to beat it out of her. You know, like, that ain't going to work. Let me get her. Yeah, she definitely had to take her to therapy because it was getting really bad. Think about it. Imagine if all these kids had those kind of options, though, because it's really sad. And I try to talk, when I talk to people who are are, are white or they're from a different kind of, like, neighborhood or, you know, lifestyle to me, you know, it's easy to be like, oh, them bad ghetto kids. But it's like some of these people actually make it out and they look back and they realize the things that they could not control. But if everybody had the resource to go to therapy or a parent or somebody who cared yeah. about them, it's just imagine how different things would be. Because even when I think about um, when I so a lot of my teachers from high school and elementary school was in that big cheating scandal that happened with APS. Oh, and they was okay. cheating because they needed the school to look better so they can get more funding. And all this is like a, a rabbit hole. It's like all this. And so a lot of the teachers that was involved knew what was happening happening but they were scared to speak up because they didn't want to lose their job and they was getting threatened and all this other stuff and it's like they trying to do all that to make the school look look good but it's really bigger than a test score the kids ain't dumb they just not being challenged they don't have the help they need like yeah. the school is like daycare to the parents they're just like all right just go on to school they're gonna do it they're gonna do the work they ain't teach you how to do that you don't know how to spell your name right. you named them <laughs> <laughs> when you um when you switch fields like do you have to like how do you learn all those laws like how do you even prepare to change industries like that so yeah, and that's the thing about being a lawyer is law school don't teach you how to do that at all. Like it just teaches you how to think, like how to be analytical, how to critically think. But yeah, most of it is just trial and error. You get into it, you know, obviously if you are 
you know, you read up on the law so that, you know, I, don't, I personally don't like going to court sounding or looking stupid. So I always make sure I read a lot. Um, but a lot of it's just watching, like watching other people. So a lot of your training is doing court observation. I always tell people, like especially young lawyers, that the best, one of the best ways to learn how to be a lawyer is to watch a bad one. And so that will kind of teach you like, like on TV? To mm, well, or even in person, just go in a courthouse. And, like, I, learned, I learned like that too, though, by mm-hmm. watching. I, yeah, we, I had this discussion the other day because I was telling Alicia about one of our mutual friends that were making some really dumb decisions mm-hmm. um, with their spending habits recently because they got, uh, they got on, you know, a new job, I guess you can call it. And, Child, they was buying all type of bullshit. When I watched it, I was like, I'm opening me a savings account. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's exactly what I did. It was just bad. But I learned like that, too. I have to watch people. I watch what not to do. And I'm like, you know Mm -hmm. what? Let me just do this. Because I can already. And the thing is, I can just see it going bad. I'm just like, I see Let me make sure I don't do that. Uh -uh, Uh-uh. I already see where it's headed. Yep. (laughs) Have you ever had a moment in front of the judge where where it was something that you did not know and you was kind of like embarrassed? Because it seems like lawyers, all lawyers, to me, I just look at them all like, okay, I know they're going to fight the battle, but it might be some out there who just like, all right, it's my first day. <laughs> Let's see what happens. I'm trying to say, I mean, it's probably my first job because I was like fresh out. And so they wanted me to go. I, I, most of the work I used to do was just like preparing the, the paperwork and like drafting stuff to be filed. But my boss was like, yeah, you need to start, you know, getting your feet wet and getting the courtroom. And so when I was, so I originally went to law school to be a criminal lawyer. That was since high school. That's what I wanted to do. Then when I went to law school, my first year, I took criminal law and I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> like, I don't want nobody's life on my, you know, like yeah. their freedom or their life. Cause my thing is like, what if I get it wrong or what, you know, like just either way, you know, yeah, just, you just never know. I don't, so I was like, I don't want to ever be in a courtroom. I just want to do transactional work, like entertainment law, you know, contracts. That's how I don't ever want to be in court. But so when I got out of law school, ironically, 2008 was when George Bush messed up the country and we were in a recession. So all these law firms that had offered jobs to people had to take them back because they were laying off people. It was, yeah, it was bad. So I just took the first job that I was offered Mm -hmm. and it happened to be a job where they did litigation, which is like going in the courtroom. And so they wanted me to do a represent our client on a, she was trying to get a restraining order against her ex-husband or baby dad. I can't remember which one, but her ex-husband and um so yeah i you know and i i prepared i had typed up questions but you know you can never really predict what's going to happen especially from the other side and so i think i was just i at a certain point i was just making stuff up like you know i I wasn't lying but you know the strategy had went out the window and so i was just winging it and i yeah to this day i just feel like that judge probably looked at me like Girl, what? <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure she could tell I was new. You know, mm. I always look young, so they always assume I'm like 18 or fresh out of school anyway. Well, look but, at this intern. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that's how she looked at me, but I can't remember exactly, but I just know that, I mean, we, I think we ended up getting, because they had somebody with me. It wasn't just me. Mm. So, you know, she ended up having to pick up the load and be like, girl, just sit down. Just, Ooh. I got this. Well, yeah. did, they, did the client, were they mad at you? Or what, like, how did they feel? No, I don't think she could, I don't even think our client could tell that anything was really wrong, but. She that restraining know. order. Yeah, she still got the restraining <laughs> order. So I think she was happy either way. But I just know, to me, I was like, this was horrible. And uh, I'm afraid to ever go in the courtroom again. Wait, hmm. so in law school, don't, do y'all have, I mean, obviously I'm sure you do mock trials, but like what kind of experience do you get in front of the judge before that? 
So yeah, no, you don't even have to do, I think we had, there was like in your first year, they have this one mock trial competition that everybody has to prove. No, it's actually moot court. It's not even mock trial, but those things are like, you can just join it. You don't have, it's not required. So it's not even something you would have to do. So if you didn't participate in that in school, then yeah, you just like, figuring it out as you doing it. That's like most jobs. It's like, okay, so when do I learn how to do my jo- the job yeah. I'm going to do? And then the crazy part with our job, people pay people thousands of dollars to go to court from them. And they don't know if this person going to get it. You know, they don't know if they going to, they know what they're doing. It's, and I just gave you $5,000. Like, yeah. That's interesting. It's crazy. Um, that's a, that, that's um, the reason why I haven't got a therapist for myself. I ain't paying out these folks out of money. I don't even know what's. If it's gonna be good or yeah. Yeah, well, I went through that. I had a therapist that I did not like, but you know what? I should. I actually tried to get a therapist. I I knew had a good history, but she wasn't available, so they gave me somebody else that was there, and I was like, okay, sure, I'll take it. That was a the worst decision I could have made. But I'm only open to referrals now at this point for for therapists. <laughs> I feel like with therapists too, a lot of it is trial. You just got to go see if y'all mesh. Cause even somebody that might refer, they might have a good connection with them, but you may not feel it with, you know, it's yeah. Do you think like, um, and it's just a question I just always wonder, like, do you think that success as a lawyer depends on like your relationship with a judge? Like, does that, ma- does that make sense? So it, so I feel like it matters. Um, so in my court, you know, I, I work at the courthouse. So, of course, I know all of the judges that are there. I'm assigned to particular, um, well, my last job, I was assigned to a particular, two particular courtrooms. So I would only deal with those judges. And it would be funny to see, like, sometimes people will hire outside attorneys. And then, you know, they don't normally practice in there. So they come in there thinking they about to just kill shit. And I used to be like, you don't even, because I know how this judge thinks. I know what pisses them off. I know. So it's not necessarily the relationship with the judge that helps you, but it's just you kind of learn how they are. Because every judge yeah, is different. It's like y'all coworkers. Yeah, yeah. And I know this particular judge, he don't know the law, so it don't matter how many copies you print for him, he's still going to get it wrong, you know, so really? that's that so I feel like makes a difference. So, and then when, so when I always when, tell people now, when people ask me for a referral, like I need a lawyer, I'm always like, well, what county did the case happen? Mm-hmm. And then I always will go to people I know that practice in that county because like they're probably familiar with the judges and know what works and what doesn't. You um Draco, I don't know if you remember, but I actually consulted with Rita when I went to court for uh for Sandy. <laughs> I was like, Sandy. I know rest in peace. I was like, I know people probably ask her law questions all the time, but look, what should I do? And I filed my lawsuit. <laughs> I went to court. Yeah, you would. I, could, I, I don't think I did. I ever see the video. I see the link. I got it. Um, I got it. I, I got it unrecorded. Um, and I, I it's on my Google Drive. But yes, that's so funny. That um, I don't think I know any other attorneys. I, maybe I do. I have clients that that are attorneys. Oh, do you? I might know some of I have a client who has an actual um, law firm. Actually, oh. she got yeah. it's a family. It's a family business, though. Like all her lawyers that work under the company are like her brothers. Oh wow! Like two, maybe two <laughs> of them. I think like the other three because I've had to do like a company shoot with them. That's the only reason why I know. Okay. And. Um, I do all their holiday parties and stuff. That's my favorite clients. Listen, they sing. Uh, they get lit. Lawyers get <laughs> lit. They get lit. <laughs> they sing gifts. They they mm-hmm. Christmas They'll time. Take care they of the get a little bonus. 
since you were you said you work for the state or did you say government i know it's the same no, it's the county the county it's okay mm-hmm. so you so do you get assigned cases or can people just like find find you and be like hey can you help me no so i get assigned cases just because you know i'm an employee of the courthouse and so we have like a whole unit so it's like i have two other co-workers so it's like three of us and so we get assigned cases mm. Is, do you ever feel like bogged down with that since you can't really control what you get so not well sort of but i will say when i was doing the defects type work definitely yes because we would get cases like twice a week is you know kids getting taken every day by defects so we yeah. would constantly be getting cases and like with that one it was since i'm assigned to a courtroom I have no control over like, dang, I don't want to represent this lady. She seemed like a piece of shit, but you know, it came to my courtroom, so I got to take it, you know? So, but yeah, it would get kind of intense a little bit, but you know, I find, you know, I'm good with like time management. So I would always find a way to manage. You know, you're a boss. When you you get people like that, when you get people like that, um, who you do feel that about, do you think that for the most part, if you have a positive attitude about it, that that can change? Yes. And a lot of times I would take some of those because a lot of times those mothers would be younger than me. So I would kind of like, it's still some of them to this day that would still text me, you know, call me like, so I would kind of treat them like, not like big sister, but just because a lot of times they don't, they don't know, no better. You know, it's stuff that they've seen just young and dumb. And so I would try to just teach them little stuff like, okay, you have had four babies by this man and he's still like shit. Let's not have another one. Like, you know, it would just, (laughs) you heard of the past. Like, yeah like have you ever heard of getting it <laughs> so yeah I, it would just have to i would just have to like just treat it like that but yeah or just try to make the best i'm always one of those people that looks for silver linings anyway so i would just try to find something to like okay this is one, to, right as an attorney yeah. it's like all right yeah like this is the redeeming quality you got let's focus on this and like figure out how that can help you do you think that impacted like how you are as a parent yes yeah yes looking out for yeah. certain stuff like, I know yeah. my rights. Yeah, I mean, and even because it was times when, like, I dropped Marley when she was a baby, and a lot of times my cases would be, baby fell off the bed, we go on to Spalding, and the people at Hugh Spalding, because you are poor and black, looking at you like, oh, you must have beat this baby. Mm-hmm. And so I would be afraid to even take Marley to, like, the hospital or urgent care, but they, you know, would treat me differently because I have insurance, unfortunately. Like, that's mm-hmm. just the way Yeah, I mean... Knows. You know, it's not. But yeah, it's not, a lot of like stuff I would see at work or would teach me just like any other things I won't tell medical professionals because once you are involved in the defect system, mm-hmm. ain't no such thing as privacy. Like you got to sign releases, so HIPAA is out the way. You know, and I used to see cases where it's like, oh, this mother took medicine for depression 10 years ago so now all of a sudden she's labeled with having mental health issues really? and defects is using that as a reason not wow. to it's like the criminal system it's like oh you went to juvenile at 12 and i know exactly. you're a 49 year old killer it's yep like, so crazy. like certain things i'm just very cautious about like you know medical record just all that type of stuff just because like i've seen how the system has used that stuff that shouldn't be seen as something negative as something negative if god forbid i get into a situation like that Oh my God. Yeah. That's one of the things. That's why they say don't once you in the system, they own you for the rest of your life. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Have you ever had to deal with like immigration? Or is with that like immigration? Like immigration, like is that qualify under um under that type of court? So yeah. Um well because yeah, because I've had a Hispanic client that whose kids were taken. I can't remember what happened with that. I wanna say it was it might have been a physical abuse case, but that was difficult. Oh, then they discovered that the mother had um drug issues 
And so they wanted her to go to rehab, but a lot of that she was afraid to do certain things because, you know, a lot of times I will, I think I did have another one where the child had some sort of got hurt and the mom was afraid to take the baby to the hospital because she was afraid they were going to ask for papers and that she would be deported. So yeah, it's been a couple of times where I've had to deal with those types of issues. Oh Lord, I don't know how you sleep at night. Yeah, <laughs> it just seemed like some. I mean, I was. I'm sure when you got into the field, you knew what you probably could expect. But I mean, I don't even like dealing with customer service, let alone let alone fighting for family. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I've had clients that have passed away hmm. like, during the trial. Well, I've had one that was during one of them. I've had it's been a lot. One of them, and it's funny, but you remember the uh, girl from Black? Is that the group? the group black yeah um so yeah the one that passed away she was my client hmm. and it's crazy because so her i used to when i first started i used to do cases that were called educational neglect mm-hmm. and so if you don't send your baby to school or if you got constant tardies the school social worker um usually will call the court this they changed the law so the process was they will call the court and they would file a complaint against the parent for the child having too many absences so I used to represent those parents. And so she was one of those. And she used to tell me, so, you know, we meet them, you have to go through the information. So I'm like, you know, I have to ask who the father is. And so she was like, yeah, he's a rapper. And, you know, I, I used to be a singer. And this, so I'm like, girl, okay. You know, because I've had clients who mentioned Everybody, yeah. <laughs> they have said stuff like that. And you'd be yeah. like, you know, be like, I work for the FBI. And be like, okay, man, whatever. So I'm just <laughs> writing. And so I represented her case close. She ended up got, you know, she got it together, was sending a little boy to school. And then when she died and they said her real name, I was like, Oh my God. Her name was what? Natina Reed. Yeah. I was like, that was her. Like that. She was telling me the truth all that time. Wow. And then when I look back at the file of the name of the father, I realized that was corrupt's real name. And I was like, Oh, oh wow. you never knew. They lived in Atlanta. She did. I don't he oh. think I think he lived in California, but she lived mm-hmm. here, yeah. Dang, that's crazy. So do you do you have to see these people face to face? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm thinking because you I know you mentioned that it was transactional, so I wasn't sure if it was like let me just submit. no no, no. that was what I wanted to do was transactional and oh. I ended up into yeah no mm, yeah no I saw them oh Ooh, lord so now that we're in quarantine like how how does I mean the courts is closed right yes so well they're still technically open for only emergency hearings mm-hmm. um but luckily I'm not really considered essential so with my new job mainly my job now is going to schools to do these like school meetings IEP meetings and stuff like that and so schools are closed and so right now although I've had a coworker that says she has done some virtual meetings mm-hmm. but yeah no I'm really actually just kind of chilling every day <laughs> like I, I'll have a conference call like two maybe twice out of the week that may last like an hour one of them will usually last like two hours but yeah for the most part i'm yeah not and, really wow and you your job is pretty secure i mean i guess they they do need you like this is not something yeah i mean hopefully you know i was thinking that too i was like because my supervisor called me and i was like she about to lay us off like what the hell? every <laughs> time i get an email from hr i'm like here we go let me check my side i know but i <laughs> i mean because the job that i i mean schools will still be a thing and so mm-hmm. i can't imagine that there wouldn't be a need for this position um because mm-hmm. especially after this and this virtual learning i feel like these kids gonna need us more than 
ever because you got to think these kids with special needs that were in small like classes mm-hmm. they at home doing online learning you know and if they're doing if the parents are doing it the parents are they're doing yeah. i got a call from a parent last week that just told me the child ain't got no laptop and i'm like ma'am y'all been doing virtual learning for a month Why but what do they do for them because a lot of these students don't have computers so how are they so going? You, know, you know they gave away like aps and fools and both had like just come pick up a laptop they're giving out laptops and hotspots so there was no reason for yeah, some folks probably set any, of computers and... anybody to <laughs> not get one but this particular client she's transient so she's always from place to place hmm. so she somehow uh, the child had just got enrolled at South Atlanta right before the shutdown happened so she never even got a chance to start school she was supposed to start like that Tuesday everything was shut down oh, wow. mom was like she kept going to school to get a laptop nobody was there so she missed the deadline but I sent an email so I have to interact with the school attorney so I just let them know they put her on some sort of like tech support waiting list but I'm like at this point it's been school almost over and they She's probably gonna end up having no a passer just because it's well, like I, I know and I saw so I have a friend that's a teacher at Doug so she said that K through 8 pretty much they just gonna pass all them kids on but high school like they're like no the virtual learner really matters so if you're not doing the work you will be getting a zero well I mean I think in high school they definitely old enough to know better so it's a little bit different a little bit y'all use the internet for everything else so (laughs) y'all making TikToks exactly That is so crazy. This is this is like enlightening for me. I just never knew like what a day in the life of an attorney was. Yeah, I, I mean it's different. You know, I'm definitely in the now. Trust me, because I have friends that have their own firms now. They they grinding still. Yeah, I just am fortunate because even if I was still doing the defects work, I would have had so my old coworkers. They're like on a rotation, so they still because they have to do when a baby is taken by defects by law. They have to go before the parent has a right to go before a judge within 72 hours. So mm-hmm. they still have to do that. You can't take somebody's baby and be like, sorry, we shut down. You got wait to <laughs> So yeah. So all of those attorneys are on like a rotation. So they all have to go. Like I think they probably end up all going once every two weeks. But mm-hmm. if I was still doing that, I would have still had to been going to the courthouse, you know, whenever my turn got called to do those hearings. But with this position, you know, I've gone to work just to go pick up stuff out of my office, but yeah, and no, I'm literally chilling. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should go to law school, and I'll just like. <laughs> <laughs> you- I always thought I always thought that if I weren't a makeup artist, what would I would went to school for? Now, the only thing that I would have thought is psychology. I would, I like psychology. Mm-hmm. And it, well, they need you out there in the medical in the field in the law field. So me or her? They need somebody with psychology background. You might have to help. You might have it with dependency. Dependency. Yeah, because I I would have to subpoena psychologists to back me up. Yeah. Okay. You can still do it. Because a lot of them get contracts because a lot of them kids in defects custody, they all, most of them get individual therapy. So a lot of psychologists contract with defects to provide them. I I definitely like was highly interested in that. I even, um, had once again I had a client that was a psychologist and she was helping me she would like call me all the time to to make sure that I was still interested in it because she was going to try to help me get into some type of program so that way I could get a degree in psychology but I don't you should do that but yeah I, no here's I really wanted to I really wanted to do it but see in, since I'm a makeup artist <clears throat> I wanted to um be able to make a lot of money in my field that I'm in now because I really enjoy it. So that's when I first started getting into TV and film makeup. Mm-hmm. 
And so this type of feel is like one of those things. It's Hollywood. These people don't give a fuck about you. So once you in that door, you need to hang on there though real hard because yeah, they like I promise you, you miss one day, one or two days, like, oh, I'm busy, I gotta do this, da, 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 da. Like I literally be having to close my book sometimes just for an hour of work because I want to keep my relationship with these people. Wow. So I can't like once I got in that door, I was just like, oh no. We're gonna put it on pause. Yeah, that ain't going nowhere. When I was at law school, I had like a 60-year-old man in my class that was like a doctor, like an MD, and he was tired yeah. of doing that and decided to go to law school. So yeah, you you ain't never too old to go to Oh school. yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I definitely I I've maybe in five years. Did you ever think about doing something else, Rita, or you always wanted to be an attorney? No, this was it. Yeah, this since like I mean, from what I, earliest I can remember is probably high school. This was yeah what I wanted to do, and even now I couldn't imagine doing anything. I mean, the only thing would be something in the entertainment field, but I feel like I would still be doing this on the yeah. side. Yeah. What high school did you go to? Um, Saint Pius. Oh really? Mm-hmm. You fancy. So well, we was on financial aid though. We was on financial aid. Okay, that means you still gotta pay for it. <laughs> <To> me. <laughs> I look cousin go to St. Pius. Oh, really? Is that boy or girl? They like it. Um, They've been having some issues this year with. Uh, well, uh, he's on the he's on the football team, so I think that okay. plays a big part in it. He's he's been on the football team. Oh yeah, started, he's so. good. Yeah. Do you feel like um like like even I guess my my biggest all my questions was mostly around like the dependency court. Like, do you feel like those cases are gonna be like? Like, those kids are probably in worse off positions right now because they can't, unless it's an emergency, they can't really, like, nobody's looking out for them right now. They can't really, like, handle no cases. So, you mean the kids are still at home with their parents or the ones yeah. that went into defects custody? Oh, I guess you're right. It's the ones in defects custody. Never mind. Yeah. So, which, I mean, I feel like that situation is kind of weird, too, because, I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like those kids are kind of, because the CP, I think the caseworkers for defects, they're not really doing, like, what they would normally do. Like, they normally have to go out to the foster homes to check on them kids certain number of contacts they have to make per month and I don't think they're doing it because they don't want to be going into people's houses so I'm like god forbid that a child was taken from their parent put in a foster home with a shitty parent because that that happens a lot too and nobody's really kind of watching over that child and then these parents aren't really getting visits so they're supposed to by law your child get taken by defects they have to provide you with visitation with your child so from my understanding they're only doing virtual so a lot of these Imagine your baby, your newborn baby just got taken and oh, now you just got to look at your baby on FaceTime. Like, they can't talk to you. Oh, so, yeah, it's, it's Yeah, this whole thing is the like... Babies are looking like... Why are these like... <laughs> Mama just talked to the phone like... The foster parent probably sitting there like, okay, I'm ready to go. So, yeah, I can only imagine like... I'm sorry, I'm just... This is not the time for people to be... Yeah, but yeah. But I imagine some of it probably slowed down because I think a lot of cases come from schools. Like, teachers are mandated reporters. So, if your teachers see you with a black eye, they call them defects. You know what? They ain't going to school, so... I recently learned that I heard that um like child like um CPS calls have lowered because teachers were the ones who were making mm-hmm. the call. I remember in kindergarten it was this little boy I'll never forget and I always think this what happened to him. He came to school and they had a bunch of like whip marks like he got a whooping mm-hmm. and I knew that's what it was because I used to get him myself. You know, what I mean? <laughs> but um, I remember the teacher was like saying she was just like you know are you okay blah blah blah. One day some people came and got him out of class and I never seen him again. I was like oh, I already know what happened. Okay. This is kindergarten, but I remember thinking Dang. like. Dang hmm Dang. I hope you're all right. So what you been doing, like, while you've been in quarantine? I mean, you ain't been working. I know you've been working so, out. 
Yeah, I work out. I got to do yeah. my fitness. What ways? What kind of workout you be doing? So it's a gym called Effect Fitness. It's a bunch of crazy people, boot camp classes. And so they've been doing, initially when it started, because I stopped going to the gym before they shut down, because I was just like, mm, it's a lot of sweat up in there. So I, they have on demand where you can pay like $10 and get access for the week. So I did that the first couple of weeks, but then they started going live on Instagram. And so, yeah, Missy been in there. It should have got super popular. Like, yeah, people all like over the country. People I know who don't live in Atlanta been watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do that. I watch a lot of net. I love, see, I love TV. That's why a lot of this hasn't really bothered me because yeah. my dream day is to be sitting at home in the bed watching TV anyway. <laughs> and so that's what I'm I've been right doing. With you. Netflix. I mean, I, I made a little quarantine and chill list. So I just been going through those, checking stuff off. Um, you know, I, I, during the work week, I make sure I have my work phone next to me so that if an email comes, you know, I can answer it or if a call comes. But yeah, basically, I just been chilling, watching TV, and homeschooling my child in between. Has that been hard? Like homeschooling? She's a big girl, though. At least she's. Yeah, old. I'm just thankful this happened when she's very independent. I guess because she's got a smart you know, kid, yeah. only child, and yeah. So I mean, she'll come ask me questions, but her teacher started doing Zoom meetings every day, which has helped because then she'll explain what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, for the most part, she's sitting there do what she got to do, and then she'll when she finished, she comes give it to me, and I email it to the teacher. There you mm. go. Yeah, yeah, I can tell you got a real smart kid. She grown. I can't. I remember you was pregnant. That's crazy. I know. For real. Okay, so um, you have a podcast. I want to make sure you shout out all your stuff that you got. Yes. So yes, I have a music blog and podcast. Um, it's called Irked mm-hmm. Music Geek. I R K E D. Um, and it's basically just me talking shit about music. I've always been a huge music lover and music fan. And I just got tired of reading these blogs that just be hyping up the same artists that be whack as hell. And, you know, I just felt like a lot of these record labels and people in the industry would like pay these blogs and these websites to talk about certain people and to say their music sound good when it don't. So, you know, I like to think that my platform is like just an honest opinion about what the music sounds like. You know, I do music is subjective, so obviously everybody will feel differently about it, but I just feel like it's a place where you can come to one because I used to get tired of hearing my friends like when I go out places and they like how you know that song or how you know I'm like y'all need to get with it so I like, definitely discover music from your podcast come to the website so you can figure out what's you know what's the new music that's out here and then I just tell what I what I think about it and so I feel like I talk better than I write so that's why I started doing the podcast because it's just easier for me to talk about it than just to write about it all the time yeah and you be on I, I, I write better than I can talk. Yeah, I do um, both very well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Whoa. Well, laughs> um, it's irkmusicgeek.com. Um, and it's on pretty much all the big social media platforms under the same at irkmusicgeek. I'm gonna tag it on the um, oh, okay, thank you. But yeah, just check it out. You know, it's the Instagram page. If you want to write a comment, say you disagree with my opinion, that's cool. I like to argue about music too, so <laughs> yeah. I don't. Well, all right. Do you have more questions for Jacko? Um, I don't. I actually um didn't even really know too much about your job description about like what you did. So I think that you explained it very well. Um, I'll be feeling bad for these kids. I probably need to send you a few clients. But... <laughs> Another topic. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine what you be seeing in them houses. I didn't know either. I mean, I live like I, when you tweet about certain stuff. I'm like, I can't imagine the type of stuff she be saying. Wait, let me see the Twitter reader. What's your Twitter? Well, all right, Zen. Uh, I was about to call you Tia. All right, there, reader. 
Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, Rita. Thank y'all. Y'all stay safe out here in these streets, man. Please, you too.